since the governor of Virginia has decided that we can't congregate in groups of more than 10, there's no need for the church to meet in the building until it's lifted. So we need to prepare ourselves for messages on the website, which uh, that is a continuing situation. John Starlin, our uh, IT editor, has added hymns on the website also. To begin with, I would like to share with you two people that are on our church IT committee that make it possible for you to hear these messages on our website. John Starlin, as I mentioned before, is our senior editor, and he ed edits out all my goose, and I appreciate that, and Connie Chaney, and she works with the Facebook. And in my opinion, these are the experts that help us to give you the messages from God's Word each Sunday. Next Sunday, of course, will be Palm Sunday, and I'll be uh, having a message on about Palm Sunday. And also following that, um, next Friday, um, 4, 10, 20, I'll have my Good Friday message. And, of course, on Easter Sunday on 4, 12, 20 will be the Easter message. I hope you stay in tune to hear these messages from God's Word. In today's message, as we look at God's Word, I want to share with you the giant of worry. And that's the title of my message, The Giant of Worry. So, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 14, 9-15, and then um, we'll be looking at Psalms 23, 1-6. Especially now, during this coronavirus, it is real easy to get caught up worrying about the virus. We do worry about our families, jobs, death, and our nation. If we look at David's life in God's Word, he was facing the same things that we are facing, not necessarily a, a virus, but other things that affected his nation. He was facing death also. He was facing the threat of another nation that was about to overtake his country. We will also look at Asa in the 14th chapter of Second Chronicles, when he and his army of 300,000 plus 208,000 men from Benjamin, which gave them the total of 500,080 men. And they were going up against the Ethiopians of one million men. Do you think David and Azar worried? We will take a look at this as the message unfolds. First of all, Worry can be a giant in your life. For an example, I was reading about a doctor that had a patient that came in his office all tuckered out. He explained to the doctor that he could work all day and not be tired before this thing hit him. Now he got tired when a half of, within a half a day and he started losing a lot of weight. The doctor was amazed as he looked at the 20-year-old husky farmer he was a type who was never sick, yet he was wholly in incapacitated for work. The doctor's first thoughts were of severe anemia, leukemia, or perhaps internal bleeding, cancer, and maybe tuberculosis. The doctor examined the man. All tests came back negative. 
the doctor began to question him more carefully. In doing this, the doctor discovered that his attractive fiancée was doing a little dating with another boy. Also, a man had proposed to give him a good bargain on a used car and now had raised the price of $1,000. The fear of losing both girl and car had been causing his patient to lose his appetite, his sleep, and his strength. Yes, this unusual fatigue person was entirely due to worry and anxiety. Dr. Haynes Sire, a world authority on stress, has shown that long and continuous stress results in exhaustion. Not work, but worry makes us weary. So the doctor explained to the young farmer the situation, gave him a few sedative tablets, and that did the trick. His normal strength came back, and even his appearance improved so, so much that he won and married the girl of his choice. It didn't say anything about the car, but I imagine that helped him too. Perhaps you have had a similar experience some days. You work hard from early morning until late at night without experiencing fatigue. Then next time you have such unusual weariness, often you will be able to remember some emotional upset that happened in your life. It may be that your boss is looking over your shoulder saying, is that the best you can do? Or you bought a beautiful outfit and it makes you look beautiful and no one comments about how good you look. Are you just tired when you wake up as when you went to bed? Sleep refreshes our exhaustion from work, but not the weariness that stems from worry. Far too many people take their anxieties to bed with them. The best medicine for that is to count one's blessing and thank the Lord for his gifts and kindness. We all have worries to some extent, but why don't we lay it at the cross? Christ gave us life and gave us life more abundantly, and he will take our worries away if we put our trust in him. Even this, this coronavirus, as it engulfs our nation, worrying will not stop it, but prayer in Christ's name will. So instead of worrying, let's start praying. Let's look at King David and King Asa in God's Word. David had more reasons than most of us to have justifiable fears and worries. Consider his encounters with a lion, a bear, the giant Goliath, and as many times he missed death at the hands of King Saul. David saved himself from a host of psychomatic diseases because he always put his trust in the Lord. David said, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not be fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. Psalms 27, 1 through 3. As our president says, we are at war with this virus. All of us have had and will continue to have encounters with the giant worry, and it will be helpful to recall a bit of history. When the mighty King Saul and his forces were cowarding in the face of that giant Goliath, David was stirred by Israel's lack of faith in God. Refusing the accepted methods of fighting giants, 
David went out armed with a mighty faith in God and a sanctified slingshot. Was he afraid? No, he put his faith in God. The Bible says, when I am afraid, I will trust in you. In God, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear. What can flesh do to me? Psalm 56, 3 through 4. David's faith was bound to conquer, and it did. In our everyday encounters with big and little worries, the practice of our faith decides whether we cower or conquer. David was able to conquer not only Goliath, but also worry on many occasions. Perhaps that is one reason why his psalms are so helpful in dealing with worry. Now let's look at King Azab, and that's recorded in Second Chronicles, and I'm going to be reading verses 9 through, 9 through 15. And I'll read that. I'll give you a little bit of time to turn to Second Chronicles, which is a book in the Old Testament, chapter 14, and I'll beginning to read verse 9. Then Zara the Ethiopian came out against them, came out against uh, is, um, Judah, with an army of a million men and three hundred chariots, and he came to Mysha. So Azar went out against him, and they set the troops in battle array in Vala and Zephthah and Mashal. And Azar cried out to the Lord his God and said, Lord, it is nothing for you to help, whether with many or with those who have no power. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rest on you, and in your name we go against the multitude. O Lord, you are our God. Do not let man prevail against you. Azar was third king of Israel, of Judah, I'm sorry. After division of the kingdom of Israel, he was sixth from the time Israel began to have kings. Hazar had peace for ten years, for his father Abijah had completely defeated the ten tribes under Jehoram, king of Israel. He was the first good king of Judah since the division of the kingdom. If you remember the, um, the division of Israel, Israel was a northern kingdom, and its um, capital was Samaria, and uh, Judah was the southern kingdom, and its capital was Jerusalem. Now, in Second Chronicles chapter 14, verse 2, the Bible says that he did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. He did 22 right things, and the one that stands out is in verse 7. Let's read that. In verse 7, he says, Therefore he said to Judah, Let us build these cities and make walls around them and tower gates and bars while the land is yet before us. Now, now watch this next part of this verse. Because we have sought the Lord our God, we have sought him, and he has given us rest on every side. Azar had to face an army of one million soldiers, 300 chariots against Judah's 580,000 soldiers, almost a two-to-one ratio. That's recorded in verses 8 and 9. What was Azar going to do? Will he pace the floor? Will he run? Was, was he worried and afraid? I'm sure he had all those thoughts in his mind. But in verse 11, we read what he did. 
he cried out to the Lord his God. Look at that verse very closely. And Isaiah cried out to the Lord his God. Wow. He cried out to God. And then, then the rest of the verse says, Lord, it is nothing for you to help, whether with many or with those who have no power. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rest on you, and in your name we go against the multitude. O Lord, you are our God. Do not let man prevail against you. He cried out to God. He said, God, it's nothing for you to help us. No matter how small or big it is, help us. We rest on you, God, and in your name we go against the multitudes. And he's talking about a two-to-one ratio. You are our God. Do not let man prevail against you. This is the attitude of beating the giant of worry or fear. Whether it's the coronavirus or an army or just little things, we must put our faith in God through Christ and the Holy Spirit. Azar cried to God for help, exercises faith. He rests upon God, and in the name of God went against the enemy who had about twice as many soldiers. The Lord struck the Ethiopians, it says that in, in verse 12. They fled before Judah, who pursued to gear. They were defeated, so defeated, that they could not recover themselves to fight another battle. Verses 12 through 15. And they did not attempt war on Judah again for 300 years. Just think, if our state and national leaders turn to God, we can defeat anything because we have God, Christ, and the Holy Spirit. You see, that's the key. Both of these men, David and Asa, walked humbly with God, and God supplied their need. When I say humbly, I mean they obeyed God's statutes as they lived their lives. We as a nation must do the same thing to heal our nation, not only from the coronavirus, but many other things that are in our nation that causes problems. To those who are doubtful about the ability of God's Word and His Son, Christ, and the Holy Spirit to help men and women with modern crisis, Dr. Howard Kelly wrote this, and I quote, I testify that the Bible is the Word of God because it is food for the Spirit just as definitely as bread and meat are food for the body. The Bible appears strongly to me as a physician because it is such an excellent medicine. It has never yet failed to cure a single patient if only that patient took God's prescription. End quote. No prescription has ever helped more people than the 23rd Psalm. It can be taken with meals. It can, you can say that when you get up in the morning. You can say it at breakfast, lunchtime, supper time, before you retire at nighttime, and as often as needed. It will give a man and a woman and a nation the energy to be more than conquerors over the giant worry and the enemies of diseases. Let's look at that scripture for a moment. I know you're all familiar with it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leads me in the death of righteousness for his name's sake. 
And watch this in verse 1. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely in goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I'm asking you today, is the Lord your shepherd? If not, then you can ask Christ to come into your heart. You ask Christ to be the Lord of your life and the Savior of your life. And it's very simple. You can do this at home or anywhere. All you have to do is ask Christ to be Lord and Savior of your life. And Lord means putting Christ number one in your life. In other words, let the Holy Spirit control your thoughts. Whatever your decisions you make, go to the Lord in prayer. Then ask Christ to forgive your sins. And by doing this, you can have the abundant life on earth and eternal life with Christ in heaven. I'm asking you today, let Christ be your shepherd. And if not, ask him to come into your heart, to give you strength over worry in anything that ever happens in your life. And we thank you. Let us pray. Dear Lord, you are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. You have all the power. We praise you for who you are. You're the great I am, the all-majestic. You're the Lord of the cosmos, the God above all gods, the righteous judge, the great physician. Your rule is supreme over all nature and history. You're the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We thank you, Lord, for eternal life through your, your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ who has taken our sins upon him so that we can dwell with you and your Son and your Holy Spirit eternal. God, we want to take this moment to lift our national leaders up to you in prayer. We want to pray, Lord, for our state leaders as they make decisions to protect us. We pray, God, that you'll be with the physicians, the ones that are on the front line. We ask that you'll have the supplies that they need. And Lord, we pray that you'll protect them, give them the power of your Holy Spirit. We pray, Lord, for those that are, are sick in the hospital, those, Lord, who have that disease. We pray your healings will touch them. We pray for those, Lord, who have lost their loved ones through this uh, corona disease. We ask that you'll fill that empty hearts up. And Lord, we just pray for them. We pray, God, for the, our, our first responders, our rescue squad workers, our, our firemen, Lord, our, our local uh, police departments, our state police, Lord, our military, uh, those who have been called up, Lord, to help us, protect us from this coronavirus, the National Guard, the soldiers that are at home, and also the soldiers that are abroad. We pray, Lord, for their protection. We pray for those that are sailors that own the ships. We ask that you'll be them and protect them. And Lord, we just put this all up to you. And Lord, we thank you that we can come to a God who is alive and well. And we know that we can put our faith and trust in you, that you answer our prayers. And God, we pray, be with those who hear this, whether it's through the inter internet or the website or, or whether 
any any way they they listen that if someone here lord has received jesus christ as lord and savior we lift them up to you god that you'll protect them and be with them we ask now lord that you'll lead and guide us through the rest of the week as we all are at home and we pray god that your blessings will be upon us we pray lord for those who are home with their children we ask that you'll be with them and give them patience with their children and lord we pray for all of our school teachers who are teaching online we ask that you'll be with them and we pray that you'll be with the students lord for all this we ask in your holy and precious name amen <music>